0: This segment of the show was sponsored by our friends at Golf Pride. In golf, light grip pressure releases power. Golf Pride engineered a secret that pros know. A larger lower hand encourages lighter pressure. Plus 4 technology is designed with four additional layers, which reduces tension in the lower hand to generate more power. Play Plus 4 and release the secret pros know. Now available on Tour Velvet. The winningest grip on Tour. Grip confidence. Grip Golf Pride. All right, folks, now back with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Larry Mowry. Let me remind you a little bit about Larry's background. He is from San Diego, California, turned pro in 1959. He won the 1968 Rebel Yell Open at Holston Hill Country Club up in Knoxville, Tennessee. He also won the 1969 Magnolia Classic. The Florida Open was another one of his victories. He won that tournament twice in 79 and 83, plus he also won the 1979 Colorado Open. He won five times on the Champions Tour, including the 1989 Senior PGA Championship by One Stroke over Miller, Barber, and Al Guyberger. On the Champions Tour, he's got, you know, five of those wins, uh, you know, so that's one thing, right? Five big wins. He also had seven runner-up finishes, five third-place finishes, 52 top 10s, and 104 top 25 finishes. And I'm very honored he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the T. Good evening, Larry. Thank you for coming back on the show. Well, thank you very much, Chris. I think
1: I'll leave now after that introduction.
0: <laughs> <I'm falling ahead>. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. So, Larry, I know you're local here now in Atlanta. Curious to get your thoughts. Did you get an opportunity to go out to East Lake and see any of the tour championship this past weekend?
1: No, I didn't. You know, the uh, I, I really enjoy watching it on, on television, quite frankly, yeah. Uh, and uh, plus the, the uh, it, I'm 82 now, so it's uh, <clears> one <throat> wandering around that golf course is a little bit more than I, I can handle uh, at this point. Walking, you know, so uh, I'd rather watch it on TV and uh, get to see what the guys are doing in that vein.
0: What What about your thoughts about the Tour Championship? You know, sort of the the, the format that they had, right? That sort of staggered leaderboard where Justin Thomas started out 10 under and uh, and on down it went. What do you think about how it got set up and how they decided who uh, the tour champion would be?
1: Yeah, it. I. I, I get. You know, the players seem to seem to be in favor of it, and uh, if if that's the case, that means that they felt that under the pass format, uh, the uh, guy that worked all year long and was uh, leading in the points didn't really uh, um, have any edge. You know, it was another. You know, another tournament. But with that big prize money, it turned out all right somehow. You know what I mean? You got all the uh, really good players right in there. So, you know, somehow it all worked out fine.
0: I want to take you back a little bit. And I know you had an opportunity to play alongside some of the greatest legends in the history of the game, guys from the 70s, 80s, 90s. Was it ever intimidating for you to get paired with someone like a Jack Nicklaus, an Arnold Palmer, a Gary player? Some of those guys maybe the first time that uh, you found yourself on the on the pairing sheet next to one of the, one of their names was that ever intimidating to you?
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, Jack in fact it's funny when Jack first came out uh before he won, won all the you know, before he won the US Open, we were all kidding him and very relaxed around him and suddenly he started winning and we realized that uh, he was like really extra special and uh i i I choked every time i play with jack i mean that's one of the things that uh that i i wish i could have changed in my career but uh that it's just the way it turned out Uh, uh, i tightened up on every first seat but he would look at you and he was a the friendliest guy in the world i mean he was perfectly friendly and uh uh but he would look at you with those eyes and like he could read your mind and maybe your soul and it's like whoa you know you feel like uh <laughs> you, you were in a ball game when uh uh i remember when i first when i played with jack in in the tournament <clears throat> i can't remember if it was portland or or seattle i think it might have been portland and he won the uh uh tournament in seattle and I think it was in Portland uh, where he got a two Joe Black tournament official then for the PGA Tour, or, uh, PGA of America really ran it, and uh, the uh, uh, he gave Jack a two-shot penalty for slow play. I, you know, I I think wow. that's the only one. That, yeah, he nailed him real good. And the Jack started walking, <clears throat> started walking fast in between shots. Kind of something that uh, Deshambo is doing right now. The same thing. Try to, try to make up for the time. Well, anyway, after all that time, you know, and here Jack had now had won the, you know, we were so ca- casual talking to him and everything. Uh, and so now he'd won the open here. He'd just won C- Seattle and now here he is in with a two shot, uh, penalty and still in the lead, uh, at uh, Portland. Anyway, so, uh, Butch Baird and I are paired with Jack the last round. And uh it, the first hole was like a really easy par five and uh they both knocked on the green about eight, 18 feet from the pin and uh I was just short and I chipped up about uh four inches from the hole and tapped it in and Jack asked me <clears throat> he said, Larry, who's out? And I looked around and I didn't I didn't know how nervous I was at the time <clears throat> and I said
0: I think you're out.
1: I mean, I could, it sounded like somebody <laughs> squeezed a rubber hose, an air hose talking through my throat. I thought, holy cow. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Jack got kind of a kick out of me. He didn't say anything. He, he, as I was coming down to nine, I made some bogeys after that, and I made some birdies, like seven and eight. And uh, he came over to me and put his arm on my shoulder and said, I didn't want to say anything to you. I thought it might make you more nervous. He says, but I see you made some birdies. You're okay now. And uh, he's just a nice guy. Uh, but, they, yeah, I was really intimidated. I, you know, it's amazing. Palmer Palmer was one where when I I played with Palmer a bunch, and, and uh, he was I, – I had a good time playing with him. But there was one time when we, we played the last round of the uh, – senior open and uh and it was in uh was the u.s open and it was in connecticut and we're we're paired the the last round and uh big crowds there and arnold was really going good during that time so anyway so we're he he we both hit our tee shots and it was a long par four an up uphill second shot and uh that crowd cheered arnold from the time he left the tee down the fairway kept going and going and going and I I got uh, I thought, Wow, I've never seen this happen before. Anyway, so we got to uh, uh I hit my second shot short of the green, Arnold was up on the uh uh on the green and the crowd was cheering, 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 cheering and it it got to me, I got a little uh, I got like misty, I got misty eyed with it. And I looked down at my ball to try to chip, and I can't see the ball. I'm you
0: know <laughs> So I had to ask the
1: caddy. Meanwhile, Arnold's got his hands on his hips looking at me, wondering what in the world I'm doing. And uh, so i wiped pretending and uh, wiped my face off. And, cover, and I could finally see the ball. I chipped up and made par. And as we went on, every single tee, every single fairway, every single green, 18 holes of it. They cheered for that man the whole time, all the way around. And uh, there was one hole. There was there was a kind of a condo on one side, and and uh, the, the, you know one of those fourplex condo unit things. And uh, one one had a banner, and it said Arnie's Army, Go Arnie, and all that kind of stuff. And he he called me over. He says, Look at this. I want to show you something. He says, See, that's a hand painted banner there. That isn't some factory thing or something that you know they did that on their in their kitchen and uh, he said you know that's really special and he said don't ever forget those people that do special things just to make you feel good you know and uh, that's the kind of guy that man was i mean he was uh, unbelievable anyway it was there i shot 71 that round i think arnold shot 73 and uh, <clears throat> i had to leave that tournament to go To Syracuse the next week, which meant I got to drive from Connecticut up to Syracuse, New York, and um, qualify the next morning. But uh, I told my wife, and uh, we were driving up, and I said, you know, don't worry about me from here on in. I said, I can handle it. That that really just told me that uh, I can play under the pressure. There's nothing going to bother me, and everything's fine.
0: And you know, Larry, I I read a story that said that, um, and it might have been actually coming out of that very same tournament you were just talking about. How, when you were paired with Mister Palmer, and seeing the way the fans reacted to him, changed your opinion about how important the people that are there to watch you play. You changed your opinion about those folks. Do you remember that? Do you remember like why what about that changed? how you felt previously to what what you witnessed with Mr. Palmer?
1: Well, you know, when, when you're, uh, as a young player, I don't know if you really appreciate it all that much. You're worried about how you're doing and all that. But when after I saw that, I just said, man, just enjoy those people out there on the sideline. Talk to them if you can. Smile to them. At least do that instead of Frowning all day long, how you know, serious you are, and some. So I, and it really did help my my golf game after that. Uh, I loosened up, and uh, I would talk to them, and uh, and just say things just to recognize that they're fact that they're there. Uh, uh, it was uh, it was just a uh, it, it did change the way I looked. In fact, I played a lot better from that point on. You know, and Gary Player, you mentioned Gary. Gary was probably the uh, a guy that I uh, could talk to better than, you know, closer than, than most guys. I would always talk to him about how I wanted to play and I wanted to stay out there. It was hard to, you know, during that period of time, that was a very hard tour to get on as a, kind of an outsider. You know, they have rules now. If you won a tournament, blah, 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 you can go play. But back then, you know, you had to... Uh, finish I think I can't remember something like uh thirtieth on the money list or something like that to be to be exempt and that was very, very hard. So uh uh and especially when you had to qualify every week. I never missed qualifying in that thing. I, not one time. And uh so um anyway with Gary I would always talk to Gary and say, I'm getting ready, I'm getting ready, pretty soon I'm gonna be able to beat you there, boss, you know, and, and uh finally we got to the uh Crestar, and i qualified and uh uh don't you know i'm playing with gary the last round we we got to the it's, it's a interesting story because i got to the 15th hole it was a par five and i hit my drive out of position the green was kind of sideways and it was a very narrow kind of kind of green and uh par five and Water hazard, I had to go over the a little water hazard and probably if I missed the green one over, I'd have no shot at all of making birdie coming back. I was just dead, you know, So because um, there was humps there and everything. Anyway, so uh, Gary laid up and he had a one shot lead on me at that particular time. And I thought to myself, I'm not going to do what, what he wants me to do, which is I'm going to go. He wants me to lay up right next to him and we'll have a pitching contest. And he's one of the best guys with those with a sixty yard shot you're ever gonna see in your life. I mean a guy with he's brutal. So uh I thought I can't win if I do that. You know, the only way I can win is I took a five wood out. It's about you know, we're we're going by uh nineteen eighty seven yardages, which were you know, it's grossly different than it is now. But I could hit a five with about two thirty-five in the air if I killed it, you know. And I just hit a big old high five iron and said, "Well, if it goes the lake in the lake short, that's it." And I don't you know, I put it right in the middle of that green. And uh, <clears throat> Gary didn't hit a good shot; he made par on that par five. And I two-putted for for birdie. Now we're tied, and we tie sixteen, seventeen on eighteen. Uh, I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't hit a very good shot into the green. I had about a 35-footer uh, for birdie, and uh, Gary was about 20 feet. And don't you know, I knocked the 35-footer in. Boom! Gary misses. And so when the we finished our round, we still had, I think, uh, Miller Barber and uh, Dale Douglas and Chi-Chi behind us. And uh, he, well, my wife and I are kind of behind the scores. Tim was right, right behind the green. And we're peeking around the thing. We didn't want to be obnoxious, looking at guys. You know, if one of them made a birdie, they would tie me. And uh, Gary grabbed us both by the hand. He says, come on, let's go sit in the stands. There was some room there in the stands. And uh, uh, we sat down. And he said, Let, he says, let's watch these guys try to uh, make a birdie and tie you. And <laughs> and yeah. They, anyway, so they uh, they missed. I won the tournament, and Gary congratulated us. And I thought then, now here's another guy who uh, would look at people, and he's not afraid to uh, uh, because of his great playing ability to give someone else credit for doing something good. You know, that's uh, that's a special guy there too. I, I found all the great players to be. Uh,
0: kind of
1: really special individuals.
0: And just a, a side note to that, and you, you sort of, as you were telling the story, but you became, you. it was the first time that a Monday qualifier on the Champions Tour would go on to win the tournament. So you said the you were the first guy to do that. So that had to be a little extra special for you as well.
1: That was. They had crazy girls back and then. Uh, that got me in. But, I mean, I didn't play. I, the uh, You know, I went to high school and grade school and everything in Newport, Rhode Island. And uh, they had the next tournament was up in Newport, Rhode Island. I mean, up the Newport Country Club. So uh, I called and and said, OK, I won the tournament. I head up to Newport. And they said, no, you're not in Invitational. <laughs> you won a tournament. <laughs> Anyways. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So then the next week we're down in Atlanta and I won it in Atlanta plan as it turns out with Palmer Palmer had a four shot lead going into the last round I was tied with Gary for second place and I I won that one a shot 66 and won it and uh so now I've won two tournaments and I think I there was like Las Vegas and there's a tournament in Palm Springs or it might have been some other tournament. anyway there uh I didn't get in, uh, in any of those with the uh with the wow. uh two wins, you know, but however, the next time out the next year, I got to Vegas, and it really uh, kind of burnt me that I didn't get invited to vegas because i'd I'd lived there for uh about four or five years and uh I, so I, I so in in eighty eight I got out there to that uh they couldn't keep me out because I was like I think I finished thirteenth on the money list or something like that so anyway. Uh, so I'm in all those tournaments now, the invitationals and everything else. So I won at Vegas beating Bob Charles uh, coming down the stretch, which and that's people don't talk about him in this day and age. But that guy was some player. Uh, he was really good.
0: Larry, just a couple more before we let you go. And, um You're talking about all the opportunities you had to play with Mr. Palmer. I read a story that you and Mr. Palmer were paired together once out in Hawaii, and it started raining so hard it was actually coming down sideways. Do you remember that? It was funny. We're going to this little hole. I mean, the
1: rain was horrible. I mean, it was so bad you couldn't use an umbrella. I mean, there's no way. And the wind was blowing about 45 miles an hour. And we're playing this little – we're dead into the wind. Daded dead into the rain on this hole that normally is a drive and a flip wedge. And uh so we're hitting we scream our drives out there about only went about two hundred yards. And uh we're down there and Arnold's going down the fairway with his driver above his head like that priest in the Caddyshack movie. <laughs> we're gonna go. We're gonna go <laughs> I uh, think was so funny. It was humble. I mean, there's nobody around to see it. That was just for the guys in our group. Just nobody would dare be. A, you know, the people who didn't have to be out there weren't out there.
0: I want to go back to uh, you know playing the other sports, and you also played baseball. And I read that the Boston Braves were actually interested in you as a pitcher at one point. Oh um, yeah. Talk about them, the, them romancing you, trying to get you to play baseball.
1: Well, you know, I I pitched an an awful lot of no hitters, and there was one. Some guy would step back and uh, and he talked with the uh, umpire, and he says, "Do you mind if I, you know, borrow your mask and get behind? I want to see this because I was he'd he'd heard about me, and he came out to to see you watch me in action. And uh, I threw it really fast. Uh, I I had like three three grades of fastballs and uh one of them that had a what we call an inshoot which is it would break a right hand it would break into a right hander and uh uh, and i had a knuckle ball that was kind of a uh, my grip was so and so that i would i would throw a a ball that was almost like a splitter and it would just come up there and just dive down and that's what he was interested in seeing me uh uh he liked the fastball anyway, so he after the game was over, he says, You know, those some of those year those balls broke four feet straight down, you know. So uh I told him uh, he, he started uh picking me up. He called my mother and, and uh and he would pick me up and I, we'd go on a bus to uh Boston and I'd go watch the Braves uh play up there. It was <laughs> But what happened, no I got to that was in, when I was in junior high school. And so i got into uh, uh i started playing golf about that time i ser- seriously uh got started liking golf and got to my freshman year of high school and the uh back in those days if you were freshmen you couldn't play on the vars so uh, uh i you know i just, so one of the, i i was playing a lot of baseball at that particular time, so I had to play on the freshman team and they were terrible I, and i was like I, I I probably wasn't. I'd have to say my my final opinion was is that I wasn't a team player type guy, and uh, you know I uh, I'd I'd, uh, I'd get mad if a guy muffed a ball and stuff like that. So I, it's like when I when I when I weighed out baseball versus golf, I looked at golf and I said, you know, if I screw up, it's my own fault. Nobody else is to blame. And I really got a lot of peace out of that, and I quit playing baseball my freshman year. Uh, it all happened. I had a no hitter going into the, uh, the last inning, and a little dribbler went down the third baseman and went between his legs, and uh, and they called it a. The scorer called it a hit, and I thought, well, and I was kind of spoiled. I, you know, I wanted no hitters all the time. But see, back then, you have to remember that back in those days, we're talking like nineteen early 50s and baseball players didn't make much money at all i mean there was no uh, you know so it it didn't enter my mind that uh there was anything special about it and i talked about uh if i if i came out of high school and i'd have to play with a uh, like some sort of farm team or something like that and i just didn't like the whole idea of it i i was going to go to the University of Houston and, uh, and, and, and play golf down there.
0: Larry, before I let you go, you're a wonderful instructor nowadays at Echelon Golf Club up in Alpharetta, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta. Talk about the things you're doing there and how our listeners can, uh, you know, keep up with what you're doing on social media.
1: Well, you know, the social media has been very good. I've got a lot of nice friends up there. You're one of them. And uh, it's uh, – i i I have fun with it you got elkington and a bunch of guys on there it really uh suits me to a t on echelon i i I teach kind of a on a part-time basis i you know i've uh, at my age i can't get out there all day long and uh so i i just do uh appointment only and, and limit the amount i teach per week and uh uh, I like to practice. Uh, to me, practicing is wonderful. I teach this short game. I'm really, I, I honestly, I I might have been the first one that uh, because I had the chipping yips. The reason I quit playing on the on the uh, champion tour is I I couldn't get it on the green from five feet off the green. It was terrible, and uh, I figured you know I figured a way to do this whole thing with a. Uh, uh, no you know, just dead wrists, and uh, I've figured out a stroke with it that will do good, and I've got things that I tell people i I tell them it's a you know we got a, a kind of a machine looking stroke and, uh, and I've convinced people to put it in their mind when they feel the nerves coming to go ahead and uh, and just say, "Let the machine do it." and it really does work uh, uh, I, I teach a lot of power players. Uh, even though I'm not uh, able to hit it that long anymore. But I do know something about hitting it long. uh, But, you know, in in this day and age right now, it's, uh, it's really fun because the equipment is, I mean, man, the equipment is perfect, isn't it? It's beautiful.
0: Well, Larry, I can't thank you enough for coming back and be a part of the show. It's a huge thrill getting to spend some time with you. It was earlier this year. It is again tonight, and I hope you'll come back and join me again sometime real soon.
1: You got it, Chris. Thank you.
0: I appreciate you, Larry. All the best to you and your family. Bye-bye now. That's Larry Mowry, M-O-W-R-Y. You can follow him on Twitter at 82 years old. He's very active on Twitter. He's at Larry underscore Mowry on Twitter. I highly encourage you to follow him and uh, see all the things that he is posting out there on Twitter and on social media. He's a, he's a wonderful man, and I look forward to having him back on the show again real soon.